Hello and welcome to the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. I'm Siobhan Booth and I am your host. This podcast is for anyone with an interest in mental health, overcoming anxiety and building confidence. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. This week I'm talking about what causes anxiety um, because it's a question that I get asked a lot. I want to make sure I try and cover all of the different reasons why we experience anxiety. Now, when we experience the feelings of anxiety, such as the heart racing or feeling sweaty and shaky, we're actually experiencing the way our body reacts to fear. So our fear response comes about because our brains have evolved to keep us alive for as long as possible. This means that we are hardwired to fear things that threaten our lives. That makes sense, right? But what can happen in people with anxiety is that the fear response doesn't only react to those life-threatening situations, it starts to respond to situations where actually it's not life-threatening at all, or it's extremely unlikely that you're going to be severely injured or even die in that situation. Now, quite a good example of this is the fear of flying. So statistically, the risk of death is, is really, really low. It's much safer than loads of other forms of travel. But people develop a fear of flying and can experience really extreme symptoms when faced with even the thought of flying. Anxiety can also come about because of a fear of looking stupid. Now, this might not seem like a life-threatening situation, but actually, again, we evolved to be social creatures and our survival depends on being part of a social group that would share resources. So being laughed at, being pushed away or being ignored could have had very dangerous consequences on our ability to survive when we needed it the most, especially if it meant that we lost a share of those group resources. So this is why issues like social anxiety and fear of public speaking um, can also bring about these really, really severe symptoms. So why do we get it? As I've already said, Our brains have evolved to react really fast in situations that might be dangerous to us. So we have a part of the brain called the amygdala, and this sets off our body's dangers response, and it can do so in an absolute split second. It's really, really fast. This dangerous response is actually quite well known. So you may have heard of it referred to as the fight or flight response. What the amygdala also does is it stimulates a part of our brain called the hippocampus and this helps our brain to learn and form memories. So this means that if we're ever in a similar situation, then our brain can react even faster to get us out of that danger. Now this whole process is regulated, so at some point our cortex will get involved and start to assess the situation and see if you're actually in any danger. If there's no danger at all, then the prefrontal cortex will send a message to the amygdala to get it to chill out. In theory, this stops our fear response, but this can take a little bit of time because there's so much um, hormones and things such as adrenaline that have been pumped into your system that it takes a little while for this to dissipate. Now, obviously, this is a very simple overview, but I think it's really important to understand that our brains just do this. So does that mean that anxiety is normal? This is something I get asked when I talk about the neuroscience of anxiety. People say, so is it normal then? Well, the simple answer is yes, but you have to think about whether or not your anxiety is useful to you. 
obviously in situations where there's a potential danger to life, anxiety and the way that your body reacts can be really, really useful. But when we're talking about somebody who is suffering from day-to-day clinical anxiety, this normal response has gone a little bit too far. So the key thing that you need to ask yourself if you're trying to decide whether or not your anxiety is normal is how is it affecting my life? Now, if you've got something really big coming up in your life, then a small amount of anxiety is quite normal. But if your anxiety is making you feel very distressed or stopping you from doing things in your everyday life or stopping you from doing things that you want to do, then it has definitely gone too far. So the the question really is, how can we manage anxiety that's gone a bit too far? Now, when we're dealing with this everyday anxiety that is kind of not very useful, for example, a fear of something that we know is not life-threatening, we need to have a look at what's actually starting off that response, because intellectually we know it's not life-threatening, but something is still kicking off. And this is where we start talking about a perceived fear, So when we think negatively about an event or a thing that we're anxious about, we're kind of creating a fear that our brains interpret as a potential danger to life. So to explain this a bit more clearly, I've got an example here. Um, I've used social anxiety as an example because that's often what I see in clinics. So I've got loads of good examples of the types of things that people think. So we'll look at the difference between a person with social anxiety and a person who doesn't have social anxiety and think about what they might be thinking and feeling before they go to a party. So somebody with social anxiety, the types of thoughts that they're going to be having is, what if I say something stupid, or everyone will think I'm boring, or I'm rubbish at parties, or why did I agree to do this? All of these negative, fear-inducing thoughts about this party. Now what that leads to is feelings of being anxious, nervous, heart racing, maybe being shaky, maybe being a bit panicked. And these feelings that we feel, because they're very real feelings, they lead to certain actions. So the actions of a person with social anxiety at a party might be that they're quiet, they're not talking to people, um, they might consider cancelling and staying at home, and actually in some cases they actually do that, just decide that it's not worth the hassle and they don't want to go. Some people drink too much in order to manage their nerves. That's quite a common thing that clients tell me. So that's the kind of thing that happens when you have social anxiety. We call this a cycle. Thoughts lead to feelings, lead to actions. So these negative thoughts leading to anxious feelings, which lead to certain actions. And of course, this this spirals. So the more you then avoid parties, the more nervous you'll be about the next one. So a person without social anxiety, what kind of thoughts could you imagine they might have? Now, these thoughts probably aren't really that focused on not having anxiety. So they might be thinking things like, what do I want to wear? Worrying more about their dress than worrying about the um, actual party itself. They might even be thinking things like, I can't wait to see my friends. I hope to get to meet someone new. I can't wait to let my hair down and have a dance. And because they're thinking those things, they will be feeling things like excitement, happiness. Maybe they're feeling like they want to go shopping. So that leads to different actions. These people who don't have social anxiety and enjoy parties, they'll be chatting to people that they know, saying hi to new people, 
maybe even complimenting others on their dress, having fun basically, just enjoying the atmosphere, experiencing it and having fun in it. So that's quite a big difference between these two people. And it all comes down to the thoughts they have. And it might be that so somebody with social anxiety has had a previous past bad experience, as we spoke about the hippocampus being involved. But it is possible to overcome those thoughts and change them into something that's more positive. So I have six steps that are really important that I take clients through when it comes from being able to overcome the initial anxiety and then building confidence afterwards. The first one is knowledge. So the knowledge aspect of the anxiety to confidence course is where we get to help you understand more deeply what anxiety is and how it affects your body. So we cover all sorts of things such as the neuroscience that I've talked about in this episode, but also the role of adrenaline, how it impacts your anxiety and how negative thoughts are making the anxiety worse and actually starting off that anxiety response. The second part of the course is building self-awareness. Now, the idea here is that you really start to notice how you're making your anxiety worse. And this is a really, really important thing, because if you start to notice that, then you can do something about it. So those negative thoughts that we talked about with the social anxiety example, we call those cognitive distortions. And through the course, we can show you which of those distortions you do more often than others and what effects they're having on you. And in particular, what situations they occur, because particularly if you have generalized anxiety, it can sometimes feel like your anxiety is always there when actually there are certain situations that make you feel worse than others. The next step of being able to overcome anxiety is to build control. And this is where things like hypnosis really come into their own, because we can teach you how to control things like panic attacks, how to change those negative thoughts and really how to become much more calm, in control person in those situations that you've already found to be of of an issue. My next one, um, the next section, and this is one of my favourite sections, actually, is I call it achieving uh, and this is where we start to build a plan of how you're going to move forwards. And there's a few different techniques we use through things like goal setting, helping you develop motivation. Um, and if you have a specific issue, then creating a plan and a goal, working towards doing that thing confidently and calmly. Another aspect of overcoming anxiety and building confidence is general positive well-being. So in the course, this is kind of a complementary section as it's a bit more of a general exploration of how you can bring activities into your life that basically make you feel better. And it kind of becomes part of an overall well-being awareness that you can just incorporate into your life in whatever way suits you best. And then finally, we come on to confidence. This is the big one, obviously. Confidence is the key part of my courses, but we can only really build confidence when we start understanding what's stopping us from being confident. So that's why it's the last thing on the course when arguably it's the most important thing for you. The confidence that the courses help you create is really personal to you. I'm very aware that clients often worry about coming across as quite arrogant. Um, so this is all about developing a really calm, relaxed confidence that suits you personally. 
So all of this can be done in the comfort of your own home. It's all online. There are two different options. You can do it purely online where you have access to all of the exercises and MP3s, or you combine the online section with online sessions with me as well. So we can have one-to-one -one sessions to make sure that you're staying on track. Um, and I can also add in any exercises and any hypnosis work that would be of benefit to you. So if that sounds like something that would benefit you, then make sure you head to my website, which is www.anxietytoconfidence.com, and that's the number two. And if you head to online courses, there'll be all of the information you need to know there. So what impact does anxiety have on our actions? I've touched on this already with the social anxiety um, example, um, but it's really, really important to understand how much of an impact anxiety has on us and what we choose to do. Now, most people with anxiety will try and avoid the anxiety as much as they can. That makes sense. It's an uncomfortable thing. It's not something that we particularly enjoy experiencing. Um, so generally avoidance is the key one. So people with a fear of flying will just avoid going on planes. Uh, people with social anxiety will avoid social situations. People who are scared of the dentist will avoid going to the dentist and so on. It's fairly self-explanatory. There are other things that people do. So they can include things like substance abuse or engaging in comfort activities such as overeating, which make us feel better in the short term. By being in this cycle of thinking that something bad is going to happen, feeling anxious and then avoiding the situation, we end up in this negative spiral. And what can end up happening is that this actually makes us more sensitive to the symptoms of anxiety. And this means that unfortunately over time, generally what I found with clients and the way people describe their anxiety is that they actually make it worse over time which is why it's so important to have those sections like self-awareness in the Anxiety to Confidence course, because it can actually show you what you're doing that's making your own anxiety worse. So this is why it's so important to actively do something about your anxiety. I know it can be really challenging and it can be really scary, but there is loads of help out there to help you manage your anxiety a lot better than just hoping it will go away. So I hope that's been of interest to you all. If you have any particular questions about anxiety, then please do feel free to get in touch. You can get in touch with me through my website. So just head there um, and you can get in touch through the contact page. I'm always happy to answer any questions that you have. Um, and any questions as well can often be used as topics for future podcasts. So if you want me to go really deep into a particular aspect of anxiety, then just get in touch and let me know. I hope you have a safe week and until next week, goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. You can find more information and my extensive blog at www.anxietytoconfidence.com. That's the number two, anxietytoconfidence.com.